Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to another episode of Current Events. I am your host, Devin Carney. Before we get into the news updates for the week, mark your calendar. One night only on Tuesday, January 25th, join the aspiring emergency managers online as they host a live Q&A session with County of Los Angeles Deputy Director Leslie Luke. Leslie Luke is the Deputy Director of the County of Los Angeles Office of Emergency Management and IAEM, International Association of Emergency Managers, USA Diversity Committee Chair. This event will be hosted by Francis E. Whalen and Isamar Garcia. If you are interested in attending, register on Eventbrite. All right, we're going to go ahead and jump into the news here. On January 10th, Connecticut projected that their COVID-19 peak within the state is still weeks away. In addition to record high numbers, the state is also experiencing an all-time high test positivity rate. According to Pedro Mendez, a computational biologist, he has said that his models forecast Connecticut's COVID-19 hospitalization will surpass spring 2020 levels before peaking between January 15th and the 20th. Current COVID-19 cases in the state show a 7-day average of 10,179 cases, and on January 10th, the state posted 31,405 new cases. There are currently 605,000 active cases in the state. Deaths have luckily not increased and have held a 7-day average of 24. On January 11th, Chinese officials placed a second city on lockdown over fears of another COVID-19 outbreak. Yuzhou has a population of over 1 million. Except for essential food stores, all other businesses were forced to close. These strict measures come ahead of the Beijing Winter Olympics that are slated to begin on February 4th and end on February 20th. China has arguably one of the strictest COVID policies in the world. COVID first appeared in China, and up until a few weeks ago, the government had managed to contain it to such a level that new cases were negligible, and mainly coming in from people arriving from abroad. What Beijing calls its dynamic COVID strategy combines mass vaccinations with a regime of constant testing, nationwide monitoring of people's movements, temperature taking, and phone apps to prove that you don't pose a threat. All of that amounts to hypervigilance about any new outbreak. If and when one is spotted, the reaction is severe. Additionally, on January 11th, the World Health Organization is projecting that half of Europe could catch COVID-19 within the next few weeks. Dr. Hans Klug said a west to east tidal wave of Omicron was sweeping across the region on top of a surge in the Delta variant. The projection was based on the 7 million new cases reported across Europe in the first week of 2022. The number of infections has more than doubled in a two-week period. Dr. Klug quoted Seattle-based Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation as forecasting that more than 50% of the population in the region will be infected with Omicron in the next six to eight weeks. And finally, with the amount of hospitalizations that we are seeing here in the United States, if you are not experiencing any severe symptoms of COVID-19, do not go to the emergency room just to get tested or demand monoclonal treatment. Emergency departments across the country are full and you are only taking care from someone with a more emergent case. At this point, due to sheer ignorance by many in the community, many states have been forced to reactivate their crisis care plans. 
What this means, and this comes directly from the American Medical Association, Principle 8 in the AMA Code professes that a physician shall, while caring for a patient, regard responsibility to the patient as paramount. Yet, during public health emergencies like pandemics, the commitment of fidelity to the individual patient is counterbalanced by the need to protect the welfare of a population of patients recognized in Principle 7 and to be prudent stewards of limited societal resources entrusted to them. Opinion 11.1.2, Physician Stewardship of Healthcare Resources in the AMA Code. As a recognized authority for ethics for physicians, the AMA Code does not define specific clinical protocols for making allocation decisions under conditions of extreme scarcity and urgent need. However, the Code does provide foundational guidance for developing ethically sound crisis standards of care guidelines. Opinion 11.1.3, Allocating Limited Healthcare Resources, Along with Opinion 5.3, withholding or withdrawing life-sustaining treatment provide guidance when making initial triage decisions about limited critical care resources for individual patients and for periodically reassessing those decisions. Triage decisions must be based on criteria related to medical need, not on non-medical criteria such as a patient's social worth. When criteria of medical need distinguish among patients, allocate limited resources first based on likelihood of benefit or to avoid premature death, and then to promote the greatest duration of benefit after recovery. When criteria of medical need do not substantially distinguish among patients, allocate limited resources by an objective and transparent mechanism, such as random choice or lottery, to minimize potential bias, as opposed to first-come, first-serve, which may unfairly privilege patients who have the means to seek care promptly. Periodically reassess ongoing life-sustaining treatments for all patients. When continued treatment is substantially unlikely to achieve the intended goal of care, it may be withdrawn. Explain the policies and procedures by which triage decisions that allocate life-sustaining treatments are made and provide a process for appealing decisions when such treatments will be withheld or withdrawn. Palliative care must be provided when life-sustaining treatments are withheld or withdrawn. Principle 9 supports access to medical care for all people and Opinion 11.1.1 defining basic health care states that health care is a fundamental human good because it affects our opportunity to pursue life goals. Triage protocols must be applied fairly and consistently for all patients. Opinion 10.7, Ethics Committees in Healthcare Institutions, and Opinion 10.7.1, Ethics Consultation, provide guidance for establishing triage teams or triage officers who take responsibility for implementing CSC guidelines for allocating resources, which may help to relieve treating clinicians of the moral burden such decisions impose and minimize conflicts among all relevant parties. Triage teams should include members with expertise, experience, and perspective that are relevant in public health emergency. Triage officers should similarly have appropriate expertise or training. Institutions should provide appropriate support to enable the triage team or officer to meet the needs of the institution and its patient's population. Opinion 8.3, Physicians' Responsibilities in Disaster Response and Preparedness, recognizes physicians' obligation to provide care even in the face of greater-than-usual risk to their own safety, health, or life. And Opinion 9.3.1, Physician Health and Wellness, states that when physician health is compromised, so may the safety and effectiveness of the medical care provided. Physicians and all workers who risk their health when responding to and caring for others have a strong ethical claim on resources that will preserve or restore their ability to work in the future. Triage protocols may ethically take this into account in directing decisions to allocate limited resources. Opinion 5.4, Orders Not to Attempt Resuscitation. 
provides that unless a patient explicitly declines it, cardiopulmonary resuscitation, or CPR, should be provided. However, guidance in Opinion 8.3, Physician Responsibilities and Disaster Response and Preparedness, indicates that physicians also have a responsibility to evaluate the risks of providing care to individual patients versus the need to be available to provide care in the future. In public health emergencies, when CPR is unlikely to provide the intended clinical benefit and participating in resuscitation significantly increases already higher than usual risk for healthcare professionals, it may be ethically justifiable to withhold CPR without the patient's consent. Due to the levels of hospitalization and resource allocation, this is what we are seeing currently. Critical care standards are being implemented in many states across the country to make sure that patients that have the best possibility of surviving are treated. Thank you for listening to Current Events this week. Episode 6 of Destination Disaster will be available on January 24th, 2022. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.